0: Hey everyone, this is Patrick with the 307 RPG Podcast. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you to all of our amazing patrons. It's because of you that we're able to do the things that we do. If you like our show and you want to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash theforgeherald. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. All right, on this week's episode, we are going to be looking at our favorite spells for Wizards and Sorcerers for Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Uh, if you're just following the podcast, you know that we've previously covered druids and clerics. But before we do that, Nolan, what's up? What's going on?
1: Uh, not a lot. Nothing exciting. Did a long <laughs> weekend of work. I uh, went to your, uh, your program last night, or your play. I don't know what you guys call them. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't know, Patrick's been uh cast as the baker in into the woods and got to go see it last night and it was it was a lot of fun it was fantastic uh and then we made the mistake of hanging out afterwards till uh, too early in the morning so <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well <laughs> i, I sure
0: think. appreciate you guys coming in and in your support it's
1: so good when you guys do that stuff yeah i know it was it was fun and well worth it so that's uh nice to see you finally get to the end of a long road of preparation um and then we're going to have to find something to entertain you once you're done. So yeah, no hopefully kidding. cyberpunk is close.
0: Hopefully, yeah. yeah. This is the end of opening weekend. We'll have next weekend, four shows next week, and then we'll be done. Which will be strange to think that this whole thing will be over. Yeah. It's so yeah. a lot of
1: buildup just to be over. That's crazy.
0: It is. It really is. And and because of that, it means I haven't been doing anything outside of theater. So the whole gaming world, I know you and I talk quite a bit at work about what's going on. And Nolan keeps me informed on all sorts of crazy zaniness that he finds for D&D. Um, and of course, <laughs> we had a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, it was really slow at our work yesterday. So we took the, the liberty to watch uh, some of that uh, <laughs> narrative telephone show for Critical Role. I don't know if any li- of our listeners have ever watched that show, but... We were in stitches watching that damn thing.
1: Yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. I my cheeks still hurt from smiling so much.
0: Yeah, they do such and I think we only got through like two episodes and and we weren't watching the entire episode. We were just kind of flipping through it, but oh my gosh, it's so funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's it's amazing how <laughs> bad your memory is.
0: It really is, hey, you know, listeners, if you if you haven't checked that out, you really should. Even if you're not a fan of Critical Role, like you, you uh-huh. don't want to sit down and watch them play. You can jump through about halfway, watch the story and then watch the, the cast just butcher the story.
1: Yeah, it's it is. It's a good it was a nice uh, YouTube rabbit hole to fall down and take some. Time yeah.
0: In. Absolutely. So, all right, so let's dive into the news of which there's very little. Uh, I did see this morning. Um, so there's not a lot of stuff coming out of Wizards of the Coast right now. Of course, we're all waiting for Tasha's to hit, which is uh, November 17th, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wait, that's the same time as Cyberpunk.
1: Hmm. <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff coming out in November.
0: No kidding. Um. So Keep that in mind. If you are anxious for Tasha's, if you haven't ordered it yet, you can go ahead and order. Uh, you know, I, I I don't, this really isn't news, but I did see uh prime day was this past week for those of you who are Amazon prime members. And they actually had a special in the D D books where if like, I want to say it was like, if you bought two, you get a third one free. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't anything that we could take advantage of because we have the books that we want, but hopefully some of you were able to jump on that and add to your collection of, of books that you've been wanting to get. Uh, I did see GameStop is currently accepting pre orders for a Dritz Duarden statue. Nolan, did you take a look
1: at this? I did once you showed it to me just this morning, and that's better than the last one we saw.
0: Yeah, it's a lot better. Um, So, of course, this is completely different from the action figure that Hasbro is selling. Uh, This is an officially licensed statue produced by modern icons and modern icon statues and replicas. Uh, As I said before, pre orders are Out available through uh, GameStop. It does carry a price tag of forty nine ninety nine, and it measures at six point five by six point five by eight point seven five. I do have a link in the show notes. I was looking at that. That's a really good looking statue.
1: Yeah, I I'm a big fan of this one. This is, I don't know, it's really good. It looks, it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like that's what he looks like. You know. I mean, I guess from a standpoint of you know, you don't have this stuff. You know, we look at the wettest stuff, and it's like I can't believe you know that's that's. Vigo Mortensen, you know, or, you know, I mean, you have these real life things. And so I think everybody kind of has their own, what dress is, or you see the covers, but you know, from a character portrait or what it is they're described. I mean, I'm having a hard time finding flaws in this. It, it looks good. It looks clean. It's got great wind features happening. The cloak. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, I can't argue that that's probably what it looks like.
0: Right. I I think they've done a fantastic job with this. Now, this is my first time seeing modern icon statues and replicas. Uh, I'm sure they've been around for a little bit. It looks like they've done some other things that, again, just look fantastic. It is made out of PVC. So do keep that in mind. Um, And that's why it's only carrying a price tag of $49.99. I have seen other figures that are made out of like resin and stuff where it start pushing you know, several hundred dollars. If you're concerned about PVC statues, I do personally own a Batman PVC statue that uh, you know, it's incredible. I absolutely love it, and it really comes down to the artwork and the attention to detail and how well it's been sculpted. And I think this Dred Stewart and one has been fantastically sculpted. This is one that I'm absolutely considering purchasing.
1: Yeah, I was saying the same thing. Looks like uh, this is a pre order right now, and looks like the expected ship to home date is December eighth.
0: Right, nice little Christmas gift for yourself.
1: Yes, it would go nicely with all the other awesome stuff that I'm buying myself this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to get, yeah, this is a project that Nolan and I are both working on. We're both trying to get our studio, our home studio set up. Like, like we've mentioned, you know, where the goal is, is to come the first year is we're going to start doing this via stream as well as YouTube. So we can actually start interacting with you, our listeners, if you, if you want to. I mean, who knows? Uh, So it'll be neat to have stuff like this, you know, kind of in the background so people can see the stuff that we talk about. Agreed. Okay, well, that was a line from the show Uh, (laughs) let's (laughs) jump over to onyx path and again uh, much like wizards of the coast there's just not a lot going on at onyx path the kickstarter for world of darkness uh, ghost hunter is doing very well it's sitting at about 200 of its funding goal Uh, we've mentioned this several times i've had it in the show notes several times Uh, if you are a fan of world of darkness this is a standalone game for world of darkness 20th anniversary so it plays with all of the 20th anniversary editions Um, it looks really neat. This is going to be a deluxe book. I did go ahead and back this one. I I was very hesitant, but you know, I just can't get over how well the deluxe books look and how, how good of a job Onyx Path does with them. So, uh, if, if it's something you're interested in, make sure you check out that Kickstarter. All right, Chaosium. Uh, so we've mentioned Pendragon RPG before, but we've never really gone into too much detail because, well, we don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, I know that David Larkins, who was on our show a couple months ago, uh, talks quite a bit about it Um And and I just wanted to mention this because this is something that Chaosium just put out. So this week marks the second anniversary of the passing of Greg Stafford. Greg was an award-winning game designer of some renown and considered the game Pendragon RPG to be his masterpiece. So in honor of Greg, Chaosium is releasing a preview of the sixth edition of the core rules of the game, along with the scenario, The Adventure of the Great Hunt. Uh, This is Apparently this scenario was outlined by Greg back in 1991. So if this is a game that you have an inkling of now, Pendragon RPG, of course is set in the King Arthur universe. So I shouldn't say universe King Arthur mythos. So if you are, if you love King Arthur, you love that whole mythos, that whole genre. And if that's something you want to look into, this could be the RPG for you. David Larkin's talked a little bit about it. And I, he's told me he'd love to come back on the show and tell us more about Pendragon. Um, There is it, it just a little bit that him and i talked about there's like th- this whole generation campaign where you can play like the grandfather the father the son uh throughout the course of a chronicle which sounds amazing so make sure you check it out if you're interested i do have a link in the show notes so you can go ahead and download those that's all the news i have
1: yeah we are kind of at a, a slow spot for it um and again like you said we've been a little bit distracted lately with A lot of video games coming out, a lot of that kind of stuff on the horizon. I haven't just seen a lot of stuff for books. Um, Yeah, it's kind of weird having that little gap between stuff showing up and and waiting for the next thing.
0: Yeah, you know, and and I know there's lots of other RPG companies that we could be looking at. Uh, The issue being that we don't have a whole lot of time to fill for the news, because we obviously want to get to our topic of the day. I noticed a cubicle seven just put out the collector's edition of age of Sigmar. I did look at that book quickly. I've never played age of Sigmar, but I love Warhammer, Warhammer fantasy, uh, Warhammer 40 K and Warhammer fantasy and age of Sigmar is Warhammer fantasy. Uh, I did look briefly at the book. It looks like a beautiful book. So if you're a fan of age of Sigmar role-playing and you want to check that out, it's over at cubicle seven. Um, other than that, I just, I'm just not seeing a whole lot. So I guess, uh, how is your coffee cup doing? Mine's actually pretty good.
1: You know what? I could use a quick one real fast. Perfect. Um,
0: let's refill, and we'll come back and talk about our favorite wizard and sorcerer spells.
1: Sounds good. Be All
0: right. So since there's not a whole lot of news to discuss, let's just dive into the topic of the day. And as we mentioned earlier, we are going to be discussing our favorite And and keep in mind, these are our favorite spells in that we've either used them or would like to see them used because they just look so interesting or fascinating or cool. Uh, And these are, of course, for D&D 5e. We have, like I said, previously looked at Druids and Clerics. So if you miss that, be sure sure to go back and take a look at those episodes. I'm going to go first this time because I have one that I just want to make sure I get out there before you take it.
1: I'm assuming I know what it is, so I probably avoided it. No, probably. I, will, I will say looking at this as going into it, um, I felt like with Divine spells, I kind of knew what they were. I've played it a lot. Uh, and it was it was really simple. And then when I did the we did the nature-based spells, I kind of had an idea as well. Um, some of it was I didn't feel like the list was as good. Like it seemed like they were just these are the spells you take because they're that good when i got to doing the wizard ones i got really awkward in the definition of which ones i liked just because it's like well there's so much utility in the arcane side of things you know some of that stuff of even just looking at cantrips like minor illusion is fantastic how do you pair that against prestigitation and how do you pair that against firebolt and you know shocking you know like all these things i'm like they're great for different reasons, and this is going to be really hard. You could almost break down just the arcane list into what's your favorite utility spell? What's your you know like you're not actually fighting something today? What spells do you prep? An average day, a candle keep for a student, you know, or whatever. Or you're, I yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. We're going to miss most of the amazing spells because there are so many good ones. um But yeah, it was it was really difficult because it's like oh but this is good oh but in this situation this is good and so i think that screams to the utility of the arcane and how how crazy people would be making spells to make your life simple if magic was yeah
0: i completely agree with you this was this was difficult and i've been thinking about this one all week uh when i had time to think about it and there were so many that i was like oh i really want to see this spell cast Oh I really oh when I played a wizard I really enjoyed this one um and just yeah like you said so many utility spells like mage hand being a prime example I've I've watched you cast mage hand and use it over and over and over is another one that I mean it seems like it's always being cast and it's just yeah, there's, there's, a, a.
1: there's a foot of snow outside right now, and if I could prestigitation my socks every few seconds, or, you know, I mean, like, I think about that stuff when we go into the ISO and DAL campaign of, like, I would just, you know, you can heat, reheat food with it. I mean, it's a microwave. Well, it's, it, you could reheat your long johns. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> you'd, you'd be totally comfortable. Every six seconds, I'm like, oh, oh, here you go. Zzz, you know, you just threw the rice bag back in the microwave, and away we go. You know, you got the hot pad.
0: Yeah, you know, in, in what like Morden Canaan's um oh now I'm gonna have to lose it. It's the one where you basically summon a giant damn castle, which yes. it's like layman's tiny hut on crack.
1: Yep. And I think that's the uh, that yeah. So there there are a lot of good ones. So I apologize for interrupting. I'll let you go first. Oh okay. no,
0: you're good. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: be really mad if you don't pick this first. So
0: all right. So my first one has to be Magic Missile. And that's because at first level, this is going to be your go-to spell over and over and over when you are in combat. So you probably know Magic Missile because it is probably the most iconic wizard spell within Dungeons & Dragons, but I'm going to detail it anyway. So at first level, you create three Magic Bolts that hit a creature of your choice within range. I should specify that each dart hits a creature of your choice within range. Now, the damage is only 1d4 plus 1, but it grows as you level up. Um, no, I'm sorry. The damage doesn't grow. The spell grows when you cast it at level two or higher, you get an additional dart. So at level two, you are now getting four darts at level three. It's now five darts and it just keeps growing. So It may seem trivial at first. I mean, if you think about it, the lowest you can do at first level is going to be six points of damage, uh, which is really on par with what a lot of other first level characters are going to be doing. But you also have the potential of doing 15 points of damage at first level, which is going to be, holy crap, that's a lot of damage at first level. Um, So you can see, like I said, it's trivial at first, but it grows to become a very devastating spell. Plus... It doesn't miss. As long as you can see the target and they are within range, you hit. There's no save to avoid. There's no save to reduce damage. It hits. It's just boom, force damage. Let's do it again. So Magic Missile is my number one will always take if I'm playing a wizard or a sorcerer.
1: My number one comes right on the heels of that one there of, as I always take, is the shield spell because yes, F, <laughs> your magic missile. <laughs> right? <laughs> so shield, shield spell is one reaction, uh, last one round, first level. Uh, an invisible barrier of force appears and protects you. Until the start of your next turn, you have plus five bonus to your AC, including uh, against the triggering attack and you take no damage from magic missiles uh i like the
0: uh it's like the one way around magic missile
1: (laughs) yeah and very few things are resistant to force damage you know some animated plates or something like that that doesn't have internal parts but it, it is very rare and i i see i think those two go hand in hand when when i imagine a wizard duel you know you're who's going to have the reaction shield who's going to use the reaction counter spell who's going to be using the magic missile to knock you out of concentration because it's three hits hitting at once um so i it's just kind of along those lines of the iconic uh, kind of area the the big thing for me is this puts wizards into a surprisingly high survivable range of first level i understand that a lot of people feel like well they have their low hit die they're squishy um you know, it, and they are. I mean, it is one of those things, but not many classes can instantly bump their AC by five points and get out of the, some of those situations. I mean, effectively, uh, you know, uh, a high elf wizard with a couple points in Dex and intelligence, you know, you, you've got a AC of thirteen to, you know, unarmored. Not not too difficult there. Uh, you have the opportunity of some mage armor, which is free armor, which would. Give you, you know a 16 AC now all of a sudden with a reaction shield you have 21 AC you're talking plate mail level with a shield um, and that's on your tank so I, I think this gets uh, swept aside for some of the flashier stuff but from a survivability thing uh, I I think it's one of those spells you learn and you don't ever forget so when you're still casting sixth level amazing you know awesome spells that we're going to talk about later you still have those four slots for first level that you save for probably this. This is probably the only thing you're using with those first level ones, maybe absorb elements, uh, you know, and maybe some utility off of there, but this thing plus 5 AC is good forever for for the, yeah. the whole whole 20 levels. Uh, an extra boost of 5. At that point you're talking most likely you're only getting hit on crits at, at a certain point and, and at that point anybody's dying. So, yeah. Anyway, so shield is my counterpoint to your magic missile, which I knew was coming. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs>
0: So I really struggled with number two. Like really struggled with number two. I wanted to use Big bees here instead of Morning Canyons, but I I just went right back to Spirit Weapon. Um, for the clerics and you know you and i talk so much about how how great it is just to have that weapon that's out there flying around doing damage and it just sometimes that little bit of damage is all you need and as much as i love big b's because there's so much utility as you said with it and it does do some damage i kind of went with mordecai and sword here And and again, this isn't because it's like my favorite. This is when I just want to see cast. I want to see this in action because it looks like a lot of fun. So this is a seventh level spell. So it's way up there at the top here and has a duration of one minute. Uh, When you cast it, you make a melee spell attack against your opponent within five feet of the sword. Then as long as the spell is active, you can move it and attack with it as a bonus action, just like spirit weapon. The damage is 3d 10 force damage. So, you know, at, at higher level, you're thinking, well, it has a maximum of 30 or minimum of three. That's not a whole lot, but any damage at higher level is great damage. <laughs> so it, you know, even if you're adding as a bonus action, 20 plus damage, that's, that's really good. So it seems to me that this is a great spell just to have floating around as a bonus action that you can just smack somebody as you need to. So I want to see Mordenkainen's Canaan, Sword in action.
1: I I like the idea behind it uh, just because it is kind of one of those things of I don't feel like there's a lot of creation style spells uh, for the wizard in that in that manner like you know like animating suits of armor we see those as become monsters but now you actually get some control and uh, plus it just sounds cool (laughs) yeah and what's the guy from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with the arrow that he whistles and stuff like that. Uh, now you're doing it with a great sword, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm down. I support it.
0: <laughs> so that was my number two. Uh,
1: number two for me is one of, I have a lot of favorite spells and I'll say that a lot. Um, but on any class that I can get this spell, I go for it. And it also alters what I look at for races a lot of times as well. And it's a second level spell called Misty Step uh, as a bonus so action. Good. Yeah, second level bonus action, uh, target yourself. It is a verbal component, so you don't need anything, which is nice. Uh, Briefly uh, surrounded by a silvery mist, you teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. So uh, I, I look at a lot of like the paladin oaths that get this make me really happy. The ability to to be someplace else and again i think some of it is i'm not ever going to finish a thought on this one because i get so excited about it Uh, (laughs) i i like the nightcrawler feel the the blinking around the battlefield when i did the when we did the one shot and i played a blade singer it was one of my two spells that i could cast all day and i did every round because there's just like go in smack 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 you know teleport 30 feet away Come get me! Like I'll back up thirty feet. I'm sixty feet away. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, I just—it seems like a, a scary spell from that standpoint of just moving around the battlefield. But I've gotten really fortunate with being able to use it in different ways. Of you know, whether it's like uh passing somebody on like a, a lift or an elevator type thing, and be able to teleport thirty feet above them and drop down. Uh, just the creative of the. I, the ability to get out of stuff or reposition for the most part, I've used it offensively to close the gap, to make sure things don't run away, uh, to put myself in a situation where I can protect the party. Uh, but even then, you know, that's me trying to push the boundaries of it. The defensive side of it, you're locked in jail. Not for long, you know. You, yeah, I've, I've been force caged enough. I've been, you know, some of those things where the only way out is like a, a simple second level teleport spell and not having it to a point where. I try and find avenues to pick up this one. And it ends up being one of the again, one of those only second level spells I really cast. Uh that's kind of good forever. Uh kind of like one of those ones that you keep in the back pocket like Featherfall. You hope you don't need to use it, but when you do, it's like that was that was an MVP play right there. And and it, yeah. it's come through for me a lot. So I'm, and I'm still in the low level stuff.
0: <laughs> well, and 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 I've watched you cast Misty Steps so many times and just and watched it get you out of so many different situations it's it is absolutely one of those utility spells that are just they're just kind of needed
1: yeah and i think that's one of those things of uh, you could we we really could break this down into what's your favorite utility what's your favorite damage because i i have a hard time ignoring the utility so far so anyway that was my second one misty step
0: so i did go high level on on my last two spells because i did want to take a look at those because so often we rarely get a chance to play these high level spells so they're just things that we get to see written and i really do want to see them in play now i could do things like watch critical role where they do get to cast those bigger spells but i want to sit down at our table and see them cast because i want to see what our players are going to do with them so for me my Last one, of course, is clear up at the top. And this is time stop. First off, I love anything that's going to manipulate time. Uh, I think when you start using time as a way to or when you start using magic as a way to manipulate time, that is next level shit right there. That is stuff that that to me is a wizard. This is like mm. the powerful things that they can do. And of course, that's why it's so high up there on the list. So this is, again, a spell I want to see in action, not one that I've ever cast. So with this spell, you briefly stop time for everyone but you, during which you get to take one D4 plus one turns in a row. That's a lot. Now, this is a great opportunity for you to say, I'm getting my ass kicked. Boom, time stop. I'm gone. Because as long as you're once you exceed, I should say, a thousand feet from the location where you cast it, that's when the spell breaks. So that is a lot of range for you to get gone. Um this spell ends if one of the actions you use during this period or any effects that you create during this this period affects a creature other than you or an object being worn or carried by someone other than you. So in other words, you're not going to be doing a whole lot of messing with things. Uh, now, you can set things up so where, you know, things are catastrophic as soon as it ends, but which you'll just have to get creative. So you're not affecting other creatures or the things that they're wearing. Uh, Also, like I said, this spell ends once you move a thousand feet away from the location that you cast it. I I just cannot emphasize enough that this kind of stuff like wish and time stop and power word kill these to me are where wizards get scary this is like holy shit this is next level stuff this is why I would never want to fight someone like Elminster because he's just gonna sit there and be like alright whatever and start casting high level stuff that you're going what was that
1: I will call you a liar because you have cast it before have I really you have uh, I know this because Sarak killed me <laughs> during this time period oh i think he opened the round with setting up the table of a bunch of shenanigans but he opened the combat with a time stop and i think the final round of his thing he just backward killed me oh
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right so (laughs)
1: You have as the DM power, and it was not fun, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a liar. <laughs> uh, I you When when you die, you remember things a little bit more. Clearly. Yeah, you really do.
0: I was thinking <laughs> of it more as a player, not as the DM.
1: <laughs> <You> <laughs> well, and, and and you
0: know that's exactly that's a great point that you mentioned a Sirek because that was a creature that was a, a fight that I felt was just it should have gone so much. It's, I'm going to say differently, even though you died, uh, because at the end of the day, I mean, really, it was only a couple rounds and Asarek had to book because he was just getting his ass handed to him. Um, but that really goes to if you're going to be playing an NPC that has these high level spells, make sure you understand how to use them because it's going to make a fight so much more interesting for you and for the players. I'm not saying, you know, butcher your characters. I don't necessarily enjoy killing characters as a DM. If it happens, especially if it's their own fault, then that's on them. Uh, in this case, I, I know because you seem to make every fucking saving throw I throw at you. And I want to say it's uh, isn't Power Word Kill a wisdom or Charisma saving throw?
1: I don't remember. It was actually something I was good at, and yeah, I think I I just obliterated it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those. I I now that you mentioned, it, I do remember because I remember thinking, oh, he's gonna pass this,
1: and I think I had a look of like, what? Nope, nope. you failed. It, it, you just killed me. <laughs> you utter a word of power, and if I'm under 100 hit points, I die. So don't <laughs> nope, mm-hmm. you just killed me. And I'm I think mad. it. I mean, that's been that's been a few of those times too. Again, like sometimes you play a character that runs up and smites the bejesus out of something and it becomes the big threat and it needs to go away now and, and, and I think that's again uh, those are along the lines of if you don't have a fear of death then what are you doing it for you know what yeah. are, what are I'm, I'm okay I you know you and I have had these conversations in the past where you're like dude this is going bad do you want me to save your character and, and usually 99% of the time I'm like did I earn that death you're like yeah you guys kind of messed up you did some stupid stuff or you had a bad roll or whatever um like then yeah it happened and it it sucks or you learn from it or you know usually my next characters are a lot smarter and but if it's organic and it's natural i i like it and it's memorable i mean <laughs> getting turned to stone by a medusa or oh my
0: god <laughs>
1: having uh Count Strahd uh obliterate my corpse in a lightning yeah. you know i mean those the are the shit things. So it's like I die a lot. Wow, uh, <laughs> but no, I I agree. I like I like that spot. It's a good one.
0: Yep. So that was my number three.
1: I kind of got into the awkward area for number three because I think the Blade Singer or the Eldritch Knight is probably, or probably the Paladin is kind of like where my home is. So looking past things like Shadow Blade, looking past things like Haste uh looking past uh steel wind strike you know some of those things were like these are my favorite arcane spells but i don't know if those are necessarily like you know that's a very specific you know you don't want your divination wizard out there running around casting haste on himself you know it, it's a it's a different build and so the, i think that's i tried to get a little less hyper specific with some of that stuff of being like combat sure. first um but for me, one that I want to get there, one of the builds that I have worked on, and anytime we play a wizard or I get up close to this, uh, this has been the spell I want to cast, and it's a fifth-level spell, and it's animate objects. And it, it ties right into what you are talking about, Mordecai Sword and Spirit Weapon. Yes. Um, I, I, again, I will say this a lot. I like the idea of having spells that you can prep, and it can take on almost four to five different roles depending on what you need and i think that's that's for me is what it comes down to a good spell so animate object oops rewind animate objects one action lasting a minute it is concentration objects come to life at your command choose up to 10 non-magical objects within range that are not being worn or carried medium targets count as two objects large targets count as four huge targets count as eight you can't animate any object larger than huge. Each target animates and becomes a creature under your control until the spell ends or until reduced to zero hit points. As a bonus action, you can mentally command any creature you made with this spell if the creature is within 500 feet of you. If you control multiple creatures, you can command any or all of them at the same time, issuing the command to each one. You decide what action the creature will take and where it will move during its next turn. Or you can issue a general command, such as guard a particular chamber or corridor. If you issue no commands, the creature only defends itself against hostile creatures. Once given an order, the creature continues to follow it until the task is complete. Um, The idea that a huge thing has like 80 hit points and it could be, you know, that animated armor in the corner or whatever that you need to do uh gosh i you know even if it was like a oh crap moment and you needed to animate the stagecoach you're on to move it out of the way you know a boulder's rolling down a hill and it's not moving because you don't have horses or you have that ability to just be like whoop and it just like gets up and stagecoach trots away you know Um, yeah (laughs) an an animated object is a construct with ac hit points attacks strength and dexterity determined by its size its constitution is 10 intelligence and wisdom are three its charisma is one uh its speed is 30 feet it it, here's where i want to use it and i know i think again that's the thing of having that ability to move a lot of things is really awesome but for me again it goes back to dropping uh having a pouch of caltrops and dropping them and have them be you know tiny creatures and all oh my sudden, gosh now as a bonus action uh, a tiny creature has 20 hit points an ac of 18 a strength of four a dex of 18 it if i use them to attack which is exactly what i would do is i would treat them like a, a group of scary hornets um and just go And so they have a plus 8 to hit, and they do 1d4 plus 4 damage. So now all of a sudden it's getting into the realm of, this kind of reminds me of a magic missile, where one bolt isn't that big, but now we're talking about I can choose up to 10 non-magical items. So now I've got 10 magic missiles zipping around like an angry hornet. And then I, I imagine that kind of on the blade singer, where it is kind of one of those things of, you know, you've got this whirlwind around you, this dust devil of caltrops and you know, you're send at the creature and as you're running at it, you misty step and you're behind it and you slice and you step away and, and then all of a sudden the creatures is there in its face again. You know, it's just this kind of this beautiful chaos and and just the idea of that in my head of one day just commanding this tiny army of angry caltrop hornets to sting the shit out of stuff is I don't know. I, I think it's fun. I, and that's <laughs> where I imagine using it. That's where I imagine it, it coming to life of just being those little baby, you know, you're throwing darts and you get to control them and whip them around the battlefield. And I, I mean, tiny,
0: angry hornet caltrops. I love that.
1: <laughs> plus, plus eight to hit is really darn good Um, off that many attacks. 1d4 plus four. I mean, say every single one hits. I mean, 10d4 plus 40 that's a pretty good use of a bonus action and yes it is (laughs) this before you do anything else you know what do you you know so at that point if you are doing you know if it if it goes on a warlock and then you're doing eldritch blast you know or something like that you know at, at this point when you get to this level you know fifth level you're almost at three bolts so now you're at 3d10 plus 15 plus 10d4 plus 40 you're making the fighter regret some life decisions because you're doing it from 120 feet away. You know, it's like, (laughs) right. It's like, you go swing, swing your sword. I'll be back here. I'll I'll do the cover fire. So I, I want to see animate objects. I want to see the, uh, the Hornet fighter. I don't know. Yeah, I do too. Now just (laughs) just build around that. I think so. That was my third one.
0: Time stop, create some animated objects, uh, (laughs) get, you know, when you talk about that stuff,
1: you know, you get those things like those, uh, uh, mold earth you know now all of a sudden you're looking at Cantrips. and you're like okay that fighter's in plate mail. i i'm gonna cast mold earth beneath his feet it doesn't actually touch him so once this starts he's just gonna drop five foot in the hole and then i'm gonna yep. solidify you know what i mean like there's just those little things now all of a sudden okay time stops and time's back and all of a sudden you know half your party's in a hole or a pit or you know it's just like
0: right and that's ooh, what you know that's what that, i like that, about time stop is that big that... power yeah, it is. I mean, if you if especially if you get five turns in a row, um, gosh, the things say I mean, really the wizard then sets the battlefield to his his or her liking. And he or she says, Okay, all right, I've got everything set. We can go ahead and let time go again. Oh look. Wow, what happened? You all disappeared. Guess I win.
1: Yeah. I and I think there's a lot of those opportunities too of you know, everybody always it's a hard thing to do to plan a wizard encounter because If the wizard knows you're coming, you're probably in trouble. How often do we sneak in on a wizard? You know, maybe it's late at night. Maybe he already cast four or five spells because what do they do during the day? They don't just wait for people to come in, you know? So there's that awkward balance of creating the monster of like, oh, you know, like I was getting ready to lay down to bed and you guys ambushed me and I casted a bunch of magic today and I don't have anything. This is one of those things of if your wizard, the party does everything right. You do everything right. They get the drop right. on him. It's the end of the day. The wizard looks at it. Oh crap. He casts time stop and he uses the next five rounds. And when he come out of the time stop, he's gone. And now you got to track down a, a wizard who knows you're coming. You know? So I, I think it gives you that utility of, even if it is like, I'm not going to win this right now. I think I'll see you guys tomorrow and just book it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's, uh, yeah you know especially at high levels it's i i would never can you imagine sneaking into elminster's house right. i, I you, mean you wouldn't wow. get that far no you probably wouldn't even make it across this, the the threshold to his I, garden
1: i don't want to see the traps that you know uh a good guy would have repaired let alone a bad guy you know i'm mean, right I there's golems and animated armor and by the time you're done, you're just like, dude, I was just trying to drop off your newspaper, homie. Yeah,
0: exactly. I was just giving you some fresh milk here, guy. Come on.
1: Wow. That was intense. I'm not getting paid Yeah,
0: enough. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So those are our top spells that we want to see or have used for wizards and sorcerers. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at warlocks. Is that correct?
1: I don't know. I don't know what we got left. I, I really don't. I mean, um, arcane, divine, and nature is kind of all over the board. Uh, it it, it I, really is, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know. I would like to take a look when maybe revisit it when Tasha's comes out. Just maybe we could pick out some of our favorite spells, and I'd like to comb over that book a little bit more. Favorite subclasses.
0: You know, so we're 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 I, getting close to the end of the month, and of course that means Halloween. So why don't we do this just to keep it keep it thematic? Next week we will look at our top favorite necromancy spells we'll just be very specific and look at only necromancy spells so that could cross all genres it could be wizards it could be clerics it could be anything but it's going to be very specific in necromancy sound good i could dig it Cool. Well, that is the show for this week. Uh, as always, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us at any uh, social media outlet at 307RPG. Just shoot us a message. Let us know what you think of the show. Or if you have an idea of something you would like us to talk about, let us know. Are you someone who's creating uh, products, like maybe potentially bringing things to Kickstarter? In fact, speaking of Kickstarter, uh, from our friend Zach Goins, I just received a copy of load. This is a Kickstarter I did a couple months ago. They are putting these out in zine format, so it's not a big book, which makes it a nicely affordable Kickstarter. I just received this yesterday and have not had a chance to look at it. Just briefly flipped through it, and it, the quality is excellent. I really like the product. It looks like they've done a great job. I'm looking forward to reading that. Thank you, uh, Zach, and, and your team. I really appreciate that. So. Uh, yeah if you have a project that that is rpg related that you want to bring to kickstarter let us know we'd love to talk to you about it and maybe help get you some some backers as well Um, other than that i don't have anything else nolan
1: i don't either thanks everybody for listening
0: yeah we will catch you next time
1: bye